Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Lead story in the Herald for today, Wednesday, the 16th of March, 2022. Bay passengers scrambling for flights. Air travel thrown into chaos by the indefinite grounding of Com Air. The departures terminal at Quebec's chief David Sturman International Airport was a ghost town yesterday in wake of the announcement. Also off the front page of the Herald today, Johnson aims for even more political appointments. Nelson Mandela Bay Mayor Eugenie Johnson wants 12 more political appointees for her office at an estimated extra cost of 3.2 million rand a year. For more on these stories and others, go to heraldlive.co.za. On Behind the Herald headlines for today, we're talking about the economy, we're talking about prices rising and how it affects each and every one of us. Fuel price increases have been massive over the course of the past two months. There's a 10% electricity hike coming up on the 1st of April. And if that wasn't hard enough for households to deal with, industry experts say that economic turmoil, fallout from the Russia-Ukraine crisis may well be a bombshell for your budget. And with that in mind, we chat with Wandile Sishlobu. He's the chief economist at the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa and also a columnist for The Herald. Wandile, thank you for joining us. These are tough times. Indeed, thanks for having me on. Uh, These are difficult times, not only for people as consumers, but also generally businesses um, and those that are producing a number of goods. So it's not a good time for anyone in the world at the moment. We're not just talking about the usual petrol price hikes and electricity price hikes that we're having to deal with these days. We're also talking about an increase in the cost of living because food prices and most other services are now expected to increase and often massively increase as a result of the Russia-Ukraine war. Give us an idea of which products, from an agricultural point of view, you're most concerned with. I'm thinking wheat. We appear to import a lot of wheat from that area. Fertilizer, a few other areas, Wandile? Yeah, absolutely. We we, we are concerned more about all of the grain-related products, uh, wheat and products, which then will be uh, bread and all of the products that come thereafter, but also on the maize-related uh, commodities, uh, sunflower oil, uh, palm oil, because you just remember that while some of the products we don't really import from that part of the world in South Africa, but when you think about the pricing of commodity, it is interlinked to what goes on in a global market, particularly for countries like South Africa, where we are also a major player either via exports or imports like such as in the case of maize. So because then when global commodity prices move, we follow such a trend. So we are quite interlinked to this. And I think it's also worth prefacing with the fact that by the time the war starts or invasion begins on the 24th of February, we were already in an environment of elevated food prices caused by droughts in South America, China and India buying a lot of soybeans and palm oil. So this ended up being an added risk uh, to that. And I think in our case in South Africa and really much of the African continent for the next five months or so, we will feel this through price transmission, which is the price increases of certain commodities and products rather than the shortage of products per se. You've mentioned the imports, touched on the exports. Could we focus on those, please? Which 
agricultural produce do we export to that part of the world mainly? And will we be able to find secondary markets for those should this one disappear? Yeah, absolutely. We, we are exporting roughly. I mean, you remember our citrus industry is a, is a major export orientated sector. A year, we get just over a billion dollars of revenue from exporting citrus products. If you were to look at those and say, let's decompose them, where do they go? when they leave the ports of South Africa. You find that 7% of them goes to Russia. And now with that market uh, disrupted, of course, by the shipping lines, uh, avoiding it, but also the, the sanctions that it put, which then complicates the payment system. That means then that for our citrus exports, we might have to look elsewhere to say, can we increase the volume that we tend to export to the EU, uh, to the UK, uh, to parts of Asia and part of the African continent. And that's the discussion that we are looking at. And we are heading now towards the peak export season of the citrus, which begins just around about May or so. And we also export to those countries about uh, 600, globally, we export about 600 uh, US dollars, 600 million US dollars worth of apples and pears. But if you were to decompose that, which is over half a billion dollars of exports, you find that 12% of it goes to those markets, Ukraine and Russia. Of course, we've already sent a great uh, uh, volume of that already because our apples and pears season started begins a bit earlier. But there's still some that needs to go into those markets. So for those two products, you're likely to see prices domestically are somewhat coming under pressure if we're not finding uh, the export markets to send those products to, which is why when we talk about food prices rising, I think we have to pay closer attention to say fruits, vegetables, and meat to an extent might not rise as fast. And in fact, fruits and vegetables might even come under pressure. While then if you were to look at the grain and oils, you will see those rising at a much faster pace and that's the mixed basket that we are dealing with of the product. So over and above imports and exports both being affected, to top it all, there's a roughly 10% electricity price increase due to kick in from April the 1st. Pretty much everything is going to become more expensive in the months to come. Do we have a silver lining anywhere? I think everything in the near term looks very difficult. The silver lining would be, of course, if some of the oil producing countries would decide, um, particularly the OPEC club, would decide to increase the, the oil production. And then that I think that could give us a little bit of uh, relief uh, on bringing down the cost because oil, uh, as you were saying at the start, is at the center of everything because in all of these food products we have discussed, you find that roughly 70, 75% of most South African grains and indeed large part of the agricultural products are transported by road. So when you have oil or fuel prices going up, you get to see this increase wide across and the electricity prices that you were talking about because all of this gets baked in on the production cost of those that are producing food, packaging products, transporting them, and they can squeeze or absorb such cost increases to an extent. At some point, they will decide that a certain share has to be passed on to a consumer, and, and which is why we're worrying about to say this is a difficult uh, period. But I think if they the manage to be peace in the, in, in, the, in the part of the war, Russia, Ukraine, but also the oil producing countries decides to increase the volume they produce, perhaps maybe there we might be able to find a bit of relief in the near, in the near future. Well, it's a positive note of sorts on which we finish our chat with you, Wendile. Thanks for joining us today on Behind the Herald Headlines. That's Wendile Sislobu. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a good one. Bye. 
Joining us now on Behind the Herald Headlines with yours truly, Darren Mann, we have Davi Root, well-known economist and commentator on what's happening economics-wise worldwide, but of course with a particular focus on South Africa. Davi, thanks for joining us. Electricity is going up next month. We've had two massive petrol price increases, and apparently there's going to be another one on the way next month. And now, as if that wasn't bad enough, we're told that the Russia-Ukraine crisis may end up affecting our pockets here in South Africa. Thanks for joining us, as I said, and maybe just an outline of what we're in for, please. Well, you know, on the 23rd of February, the Minister of Finance delivered his budget speech, and that was on the 23rd. I I followed the budget speech and I had a look at all the numbers, and my conclusion was that I more or less agree with the Minister. I think he's sailing a little bit close to the wind, but I agree with most of his numbers in terms of the fiscal deficit and the debt levels and economic growth and so on unless something goes wrong. And then the very next day, the 24th, Russia invaded the Ukraine and something went wrong. So I'm afraid looking at the numbers of the Minister of Finance, I think many of these numbers will simply not be achieved now because of what is happening currently in Central Europe. Now that is going to affect South African economy via two channels. The first one is via the, let's call it the price channel or the financial markets. And the financial markets already reacted to this. The oil price went up, gold price went up, platinum prices went up, wheat prices or grain prices went up. Uh, and it, but it takes some time before we can really see the real impact on the economy. We really start affecting your economy. But that is gradually starting to happen. You mentioned the increase in the petrol price. And based on my calculations, the petrol price is likely to increase by another 2%. That will put upward pressure on inflation in South Africa, which will force the Reserve Bank to increase interest rates even more which will make that 2.1% growth estimate of the Minister of Finance probably not achievable, and we will get economic growth probably around about 1.5% or even lower, depending on what's going to happen to electricity and the like. So I'm afraid the Minister of Finance delivered this budget on the 1st or the 23rd of March, uh, February, and the very next day something went wrong. The, the, what is likely to happen now is, um, is that South Africa will be affected, obviously, by higher oil prices, But there's a bit of a silver lining, and that is that some other commodity prices are also going up, like, for example, the gold price and platinum price and so on. And that is actually supporting this mini commodity cycle that we've witnessed the last couple of months and maybe prolong it a little bit more. And that is, on a net basis, more good to South Africa than bad, uh, because it means that we are exporting more than what we're importing. That supports the exchange rate of the currency, and that keeps a bit of a lid on inflation. I think, like, for example, our commodity exporters, the mines will do quite well. And I think agriculture will also do quite well. But the inflationary pressures in the economy and the rest of the economy is not going to be good. And the rest of the economy is certainly going to, going to suffer because of what's happening now. And then, of course, we have the normal issues, structural issues in South Africa, like a lack of electricity, bad policies, inferior government uh, or government that is really causing a lot of damage at all sorts of levels and so on and so on. So I'm afraid we're in for some difficulty. Uh, let's call it 1.5% growth this year, more or less in line with, the, with population growth. And again, more or less in line with what we've been getting accustomed to the past more than 10 years. The average household tuned in are not going to be happy to hear this. Any steps that they can take or any solace that you can offer them? Yeah, you know, um, as an economist and as a financial person in the financial markets, I'm always, I'm just absolutely... Uh, amazed talking to people to realize that they do not have any plan. In fact, people do not 
have, do not even know what's going on in their finances. So before you can make any plan, before you can decide on what you're going to do, before anything, you must know what is going on in your finances. So the first step, and don't wait for difficult times like now, you must always do this. Know what is going on in your finances. And then, of course, the next step, once you know what's going on in your finances, then do start making plans. And a very good plan is a budget. The budget is a plan. So make sure you have a budget and just follow the normal processes and a normal, what you need to do if you have a budget and put all the expense items in one uh, column and all your revenue items in another column and the most important expense item at the, at the top and the least important one at the bottom and start cutting off, uh, stopping those expense items in, in order to, to balance that with, the, with the, your available revenues. But just start, at least know what is going on. Once you've got all of that, a couple of things that I think people should do, one item in your budget is uh, to prepare for, for unexpected uh, expense items, like a sudden increase in the petrol price. That's one thing that you need to do. Try to put some money away, some extra money away for retirement one day. And the sooner you start doing these sort of th things, the easier it will be for you uh, to get out of financial difficulties. And a very simple example is, you know, if you go on a holiday without planning for it, you don't know what the impact is going to be on your credit card and how long it's going to take you to pay this off. But, but once you've planned for this and you know you have the money available, things are so much easier and so much enjoyable if you've planned for, for, for a vacation, as an example. Davi Ruth, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for joining us on Behind the Herald Headlines today. And uh, it won't be too long before we catch up. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. 